the world through education. Each week we bring you a new idea, however big and bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host and my dad, Ryan Scott. Welcome back to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. As you may or may not know, I am Ryan Scott. I am coming to you from the sunny western part of Kentucky and um, got a really good episode coming up today. Um, This gentleman I have known for uh, probably about five months. We met right in the thick of the COVID catastrophe that we're all going through right now. Um, But kind of like me, he turned lemons into lemonade and created his own podcast and uh, he has been pushing himself forward and so, you know, we have connected over that and we have had a chance to talk about shared interests. And so I'm just super excited that you guys out there get to hear my friend's big ed idea. Um, this guy is an elementary principal. He is the host of the Guiding Principles podcast. He is a dad, a hubby, and a twin dad. And get this. He has his first book coming out soon as well. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Rob Breyer. Rob, thank you so much for being here once again. Hey, Ryan, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. No, man, I uh, I really, really appreciate the patience. Um, technology, I tell you what, I tell my teachers this all the time. I love technology until it doesn't work. Um, and as you know, you know, you are a dad of four. Um, I am also a dad of four and, you know, they all have devices. Uh, my wife and I have devices. So, you know, everybody tries to use Wi-Fi at the same time. Um, that's usually a, a equation for not much success. And that's the reason I try to do all my podcasting after eight o'clock at night when everybody's pretty much going to bed. There you go. Well, it is eight o'clock your time at seven o'clock my time. My kids, uh, so that's not gonna work for you no well and the older i get like maybe you can relate to this but uh we have a routine i'm a very routine guy so i am kind of uh fickle about everybody has to be done with dinner sitting on the couch together by seven o'clock every night and um i don't know it may be because my dad was military growing up and he was you know kind of strict on things like that but and maybe it's because i'm 40 now and i'm just getting old could be, could be. So, uh, Rob, um, so we are just going to go ahead and dive into it. Um, I did mention as far as, you know, when I introduced you, there are a couple things about you that I want to dive a little bit deeper um, before we get into the meat of this episode. You are the host of the Guiding Principles podcast. So just talk to our listeners a little bit. What is that podcast and what are you hoping to do, um, you know, with that platform? So the Guiding Principles podcast, um, I'm actually in year two of it, which is, I'm still having a hard time believing well, that's it awesome. far. But yeah, and so the purpose behind the Guiding, the guiding Principles is really to help inspire aspiring school leaders. It's to take veteran school leaders and give them new and fresh ideas. And it's to help every school leader out there to really build their toolbox. I'm focused on visionary and servant leadership. And I try to make my show a little bit different because I try to get feedback from your colleagues, people that work with you. 
and they reflect on the leadership in your school because it's very rare that we have time to go and like school leaders don't get celebrated a lot. You know, yeah. we're, we're too busy celebrating teachers and we're too busy celebrating students and the accomplishments of others, but people don't really take time to celebrate the work that the principals are doing. So I want to make sure that's something I'm doing. So I'm focused on celebrating leadership and I take time to really get that feedback and I share those stories. And we really dig in deep because I want you to know that the work that you're doing is appreciated, that people see the hard work and the effort that you're putting in. And we take time to really celebrate school leaders. Man, I love that. And, and I'll tell you why I love that. As a former elementary principal, um, you can probably attest to this. Like, it seemed like every other week, my teachers were filling out surveys about my leadership style um, or about, you know, what's going on. But I'll be honest, like, I don't ever recall um, surveys about what I was doing well. Um, it was normally about, you know, where I'm failing. And uh, you will absolutely understand this, like, principals is a can be a very lonely job and so I love what you are doing as far as spreading that positivity um, giving a voice to well I think two things it it lets the principals know that you know their people are seeing the good things Um, and I think it challenges I think it just challenges the mindset of the staff to actually look for the good things oh absolutely and you know, the other thing it does is it allows school leaders to share their voice. And I mean, think about it. You have so many great stories and so many great experiences and we're doing good things in schools. We're making great things happen. And you have to share those stories because we're, everybody's always looking for new ideas and things to try things that they can possibly make their school better. And that's what, you know, doing a podcast allows us is allows us to share those stories and to get new ideas and to go out there and just try different things that, hey, that might be the one spark that you need to take your school and just push them forward even a little bit more to make them be more successful. And that's yeah. what it's all about. That's so great. And and, and that's so true. Um, you know, we kind of met through all of this uh, COVID madness and um, social media really, really has connected me with some just freaking awesome guys and ladies um, during all of this stuff and has really pushed me forward and pushed me into a place that I didn't really see myself going. Um, so I love what you're doing as far as that podcast. Um, talk to, you know, talk to us about this book that you have coming out. Cause that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, so about eight months ago, um, I had a assistant principal approach me and she, she wanted just some help looking for ways of, interviewing better. She said some of the feedback she got was that in the interview, they didn't feel that she was very approachable. And so we sat down and we started working and talking about some things and started questioning her. And I was like, every time you answer a question, I want you to have a smile on your face. It doesn't matter how you feel about the question or what you're feeling at this moment. Just smile the whole time. I just want you to have a smile on your face. And so we started working on skills like that and how you, how you answer and sharing little stories about yourself and becoming, making your answers a little bit more personal. Yeah. Right. And lo and behold, she went to her next interview. She didn't get it, but then she got a call for another job. And now she's a principal down there on the coast of North Carolina, living, living the dream life down there on the beach. On the beach. Um, happy as can be. And I mean that it just sparked something in me. I was like, Oh gosh, this is amazing. Like, and next thing you know, I got another phone call and there's another AP up in Buffalo and 
you know, she's like, Rob, you know, can you help me? I've heard good things. And we connected on Twitter and I said, sure. And we started working doing that. And then I got another one and another oh, one. Wow, cool. I really kind of got into the whole coaching thing. And this summer, you know, with everything going on, I was kind of like, I don't know. I, I just was started thinking about things and I thought about all started reflecting on all the stuff that we've been talking about in these coaching meetings that I've had. And I just started writing down notes and I started writing down memories and just things I was thinking about and ideas. And then I don't know. I just in the mastermind, I got into one of the writing groups and we were challenging each other to write for 30 minutes a day. And I just started doing it. And next thing you know, like I'm writing all this stuff. And I was like, huh, this is kind of interesting. And so I had about, 60 Google pages written, um, Google doc pages. And I was like, okay, well, I, I don't know. Should I continue doing this or not? And so I reached out to a friend of mine because the whole book is, you know, how, when you end up, when you finish your, uh, MSA program or your administration preparation program, and that time between that and landing your first AP job or your principal job or whatever you're going for, it's a lonely land. Yeah, it sure There's is. no one there. You, yeah. You, you don't know because again, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And you're out there and you're trying to navigate this unknown territory and trying to figure out how do I get my foot in the door? How do I get into this position? How do you know what you don't actually know as far as what are your gaps? What do you need to know more about? How are you supposed to get experience in things that you don't actually sit in that seat? So you can't get experience in that seat. So I started reflecting on that kind of stuff and I put this book together and I was like, Ooh, am I like treading, you know, like, am I trying, am I crossing a line here? So I reached out to my friend, Darren uh, Peppard and I said, Hey, Darren, um, like, I just really want your feedback. Like, take a look at this and just tell me, I'm like, am I, is this okay to write? Like, does this make any sense? Like, is this even worth pursuing? And Darren took the, took it and he said, Hey, I'll get back with you next week. Let me read it. And we got back and he started giving me ideas and stuff and give me feedback. And he said, and, uh, I want to give you a publishing contract. Oh, wow. I was like, what? And I was like, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I really like the book. I love the idea. He's like, I really think there's something here. And we started talking more and more about it. And I got really psyched up about it. And I mean, as soon as he told me all, like he gave me a publishing, I, I finished the book. I mean, I, I just got the writing and I, I got, I just banged the whole thing out. And I was so excited about the whole idea. And so then he gave me ideas. So I started getting vignettes and I started getting all these little pieces and getting other people's perspectives coming in and got feedback on the book. And it has just been an amazing adventure. Like I, I never even thought I could do something like this. So this book will be coming out within the next, next few weeks, actually. And it's really just to help navigate that land between your preparation program and getting into your first seat. And it's even there to help APs who are looking to get into the principal seat. Right, right. And it walks you through um, analysis, reflection, and preparation. And the whole idea is that you're going to build up all those skills. You're going to identify where your gaps are and start finding ways, figuring out who you need to talk to, what you need to start doing, what positions you need to start leading within your school. Like, who do I need to talk to? How do I get, how do I go and get more experience in special education? How do I get more experience in scheduling, finance? What questions do I need to ask? Who are the key people I need to talk to? And this book walks you through everything and it takes you through the whole adventure. But then, like I said, I brought in these vignettes and these other school leaders who started giving other ideas, other things that you could try to do. Um, but the whole idea, like I didn't want to create a preparation, like an interview prep book. It wasn't what I was really going for. I really want something that caused you to dig deep, figure out what kind of leader do you want to be? What's your leadership style going to be? What kind of... If, 
what kind of impact is your leadership going to have on the school that you're leading? It, it just, I wanted something to be deeper than just an interview prep guide. Yeah. I really wanted you to know yourself as a leader. So that's what the book's all about. Um, it's going to be um, published by um, Road to Awesome Publishing, and it's coming out within the next few weeks. So keep What's your eyes open for that one. What's the name? It's called Taking the Leap. It's a, it's a field guide oh, yeah, for cool. aspiring school leader. Cool. Excellent, man. I uh, actually am I'm already thinking about some dudes and a couple ladies at our uh, at my high school that uh, I'll probably have to buy a copy for. And you might have to sign it for me. Absolutely. So um, I'll get back to you with that. That's something I'm actually working on this week with Darren. And we're trying to figure I'm trying to figure out how to do pre-orders and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. This is a whole new world to me. Like there's so many things I had no idea about how to market a book, how to how to go and get people online to start following you for this book. And yeah, it's I'm learning a lot. Um, right now, I'm treading a lot of water and trying to figure stuff out. And it's exciting. It is exciting. I mean, when he gave me that contract and I said to my wife, like, um, they want me to write this book. And my wife's like, you're gonna write a book? I yeah, like, well, I, actually, I already wrote the book. And she's like, yeah. what? She's like, when did you write a book? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Like when you go to bed, I just kind of sit up and I'm when I'm sitting on my computer. She's like, "That's what you're doing when I'm when when I'm sleeping." I was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm doing." So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I put cool, it together man. and it, cool. it's exciting. It's it's nerve wracking. Let me tell you, when you have to send out something that you've written to, I mean, this book has gone out to Todd Whitaker, um, Jimmy Casas, Bethany Hill. Um, oh gosh, I mean, it's going out to all kinds of people. Tara, this this yeah. this this is ah. Yeah, yeah, I know Terry. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, even know. Yeah, it's going out to all these different people, and I'm like, gosh, all these people are going to be reading what I wrote. I hope they like it. I mean, Chad Ostrowski, Ray Hewitt, and like Dave Schmidt, and I'm like, oh boy, you know, like I'm going to get some serious feedback on these, and it's like the most humbling experience you can have because the whole time when you're sending out those emails, like it is nerve wracking as yeah, can sure. be. Sure. And then when you get that feedback, you're like, wow, people like this. Okay. Yeah. They're enjoying it. They're seeing yeah. the message behind it. Like, okay, I did do something right. Like it's really exciting. And I'm, I'm really just humbled and honored that, you know, like I even have this opportunity and that people are enjoying it. And exactly what you said is what I'm hoping happens is that principals are seeing leaders within their schools that have this potential to move into another position and that they're going to, care about them enough that they want to get them a copy of this book and really help them grow as a, as a school leader and sure. eventually get into some of these positions. So that's what I'm hoping for. Well, man, that's awesome. I can't wait. I'll, I'll be, I'm I'll be buying it. All right, man. So um, first section I'm going to jump into is just my way of modeling that belief of connections before content. Um, I'd already know a little bit about you. Uh, we share quite a bit in common. Um, but I do have two questions that are totally unrelated to education. Excellent. All right. Number one, what is your favorite album? Oh, wow. My favorite album. That's a really good question. I'm yeah, it is. Say... So like just at this point, because if you're like me, I mean, I love all types of music, any type of music. Um, it's hard for me to pinpoint one album, um, but off the top of your head, what is coming to mind? Gosh, off the top of my head, it's Moody Blues. Oh, yeah. Nights and, in White Satin? Yes, that, that whole album is absolutely oh. incredible. 
And I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the name of the album and it's killing me, but that, that, that album kind of shaped my childhood. Like my dad was a huge Moody Blues fan. And like, I remember listening to those albums as like a kid, you know, like five, six years old sitting there on the record player. And like, that's what we listened to in the house. And like, I love that music. And then, you know, then of course I got into Grateful Dead and I love the yeah, Grateful yeah, Dead. Yeah. And then I kind of went through that transformational phase and got into um, like punk music and sure. ska. And that sure. kind of and that was how I spent most of my uh, high school and teenage years and even up into my, like my twenties. And then, you know, as I got older, I got, I got really kind of sank back down, really got deep into the dead again. And so I have a very eclectic taste in music, but yeah, I'd have to say it's definitely that Moody Blues album. Nights in White Satin is just an incredible song and the whole album is wonderful. I, uh, my musical taste span. So tonight, as I was cooking dinner, I was listening to Curtis Mayfield. Um, but I also have, have a very sincere love for early nineties hip hop. Um, so like Jurassic five, um, Charlie tuna, it, who was from Jurassic five, um, KRS one, um, like I love beats of any type. Um, I play the piano, I play the drum. Well, I used to play the drums in a punk band. Um, I played the trumpet. I played the banjo. Um, none of them ex- exceedingly well, but um, yeah, music has always been a part of my life. That's really cool. I've never been that talented. Um, I mean, I can play the bass a little bit. I can play some licks on the guitar, but I'm not musically talented. Sure. Um, you know, <laughs> sure. one, one nice thing about playing punk music is you don't have to really be that good. No, no, you know? <laughs> no. Out nice. You do not have to. I was, like I said, we had, there were three guys that used to come to my apartment um, and I played the drum, the set just as loud and as hard. I think the other dude played like one or two card chords just repeatedly. And then the other guy just screamed. So <laughs> uh, you know, that's what we did. All right, man. Your that's second funny. question. If you could do one thing on your bucket list today, what would it be? One thing on my bucket list. That would be to go back to Ireland and visit the area where my or my great grandparents grew up and cool. see see that community and get to spend some time there. Um, that's something I eventually really want to do for my kids is take them back to Ireland and kind of just show them, you know, like this is where your family comes from. So yeah, absolutely. When I graduated high school, the summer I graduated, I went to Sweden for three weeks, and then. Uh, yeah and then the summer afterwards i went back um but yeah being able to to go overseas and see that's one of my biggest that's one of my biggest things for my own kids to be able to take them on a trip around the world i love that idea so what kind of questions do you have for me my man uh my first one's deep i mean Uh we're gonna get really deep on this one existential let's do it here we go man if you could be any character in the Star Wars movies, Ooh. which one would you say you were the most like? <laughs> Ewoks. <laughs> number one, because they're short. Um, number two, because they're hairy. Um, and number three, they're just real cuddly, like a teddy bear. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I, uh, yeah. It is winter. I, I think- 
It is winter, yeah. So yeah. I'm a lot hairier yeah, no, in winter than I am in the summer. I didn't think about the, the hairy part. That's good. I like that answer. Huh. I really thought you were going to go with Han Solo. Mm. Huh. Nah. <laughs> At least I didn't pick Darth Vader. That would be... Well, you know, that's a good point. So, and then the second question I got for you is any of the Disney theme parks down in, down in Florida, what's your favorite ride and why? And the first one that comes, okay. So I've got to tell you, I am convinced that Disney is a conspiracy. Um, (laughs) And here's why I say this. Somehow we have convinced every parent in America and, and actually probably the world that their kid's childhood is not complete until you spend a buttload of money and take your kids to Florida to Disney World. Um, so actually, you know, we did that a couple years ago. So um, yeah, you know, we took our we took our four kids. We went with the in-laws and my wife's sister's family mm-hmm. and um all the girls because it was all girls it was my four daughters and it was the other family had two daughters so they all dressed up in little princess outfits you know my wife bought me the ridiculously stupid looking disney t-shirts that we all matched in um and then we get there and literally rob it rained the entire time that we were there the entire day yeah the entire day until like later at night but I circle back around the picture that I, I got this picture of my wife and Hazel, uh, who we affectionately call hurricane Hazel. She's our, um, either going to be a CEO or a drug, drug cartel, um, leader. (laughs) I have this picture of my wife and Hazel in the teacups and it's spinning around and the just the the elation and the happiness like and it was like one of those moments i took a picture of it and for that brief moment it stopped raining the sunshine came out Uh, my wife's red hair is just glowing and my daughter is just beaming from ear to ear um so that is my favorite ride today because of the memory i think that i have from that that is a really cool story that's a really cool story. And and wow. what I was going to tell you, um, we had friends that worked for Disney. One of one of them, she's a computer. She does computers and she does analytics. And it's her job to study study the patterns of uh, the numbers of people that come in, and to be able to predict up to like two or three years down the line the number of people that are going to come on a certain day. So they know the staffing. Um, I mean, I'm a big nerd. So analytics is a big thing that I'm, that I'm on. So just hearing about Disney and like the geekiness that goes behind all of that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really oh, yeah. cool. It's, it's an amazing place. I mean, I can see like, and I'm not an amusement park guy. In fact, I, I used to tell my wife all the time when we first met, like, I think we should sue amusement parks because a they're not amusing, <laughs> you know. And it's like they call Disney the happiest place on earth. I'm like, yeah, if you're not a parent, yeah, and you're trying to walk, you know, four little kids around that park, and it's so jam packed, and you know, this kid's hungry, this kid wants to go on this ride, this kid hasn't wants nothing to do with that ride. It's just like, 
constant battles, but my kids are old enough now and they absolutely love it. Um, we go down just about every year. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you know, it's, it's only an eight hour ride for us. So we, we go down, we take our kids down for a day or two and it's just, the, and like you said, the reason I love it now is because of the joy they have and the that's, joy they get. That's exactly right. And their happiness is what brings me that happiness. And so, yeah, I absolutely love, I, I love going down. So, and my favorite ride, um, and I hate roller coasters, but it's a new slinky ride. Okay. I'll have I to love. check that out. I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's a blast. And my, my youngest daughter, um, she's the youngest of the twins by, uh, 38 seconds. And, oh, sweet. <laughs> but she, she doesn't like roller coasters either, but that ride her and I rode together. And it's the one ride that my whole family can ride at the same time. Sure. So we take up a whole thing and it's, it's just a lot of fun and that's why I love it. So that's cool, man. I grew up where I see, I grew up in a little town called Santa Claus, Indiana. Um, where actually, you know, when kids send letters to Santa, it goes through that town, but they have a amusement park there, which has gotten huge. Um, it's called holiday world. And as a kid, it, it, at the time wasn't as big as it is now, but all of my friends worked there and we all had like season passes and stuff. So Mm -hmm. literally like every day of my youth was spent either going to the amusement park or going there and getting free food and then leaving because all my, all my friends worked there. So, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You ate well. That's all that matters. I ate well and I still eat well. So, um, Without further ado, you know, this is the Big Ed Idea podcast, so I do want to get into kind of the idea of this show, um, which is to connect the vision of one with the passions of another. Um, And so we are going to start to talk about what your vision is with the hope that someone out there um, in internet land will connect with what you're saying um, and either connect with you and get something rolling or take your idea back to wherever they are at. Um, and get that idea rolling. Um, so what is that big, I guess the big problem that your idea kind of hopes to alleviate? Mine is, uh, getting kids engaged and excited about school, getting them to find school to be that place that they love, that place that they want to be every day, because you never know what kind of exciting things are going to happen at school. So my big idea is as school leaders, it's our job to set the tone, to, yeah. to develop the culture, to create a culture of excitement and celebration within schools that make everybody who works there and everybody who comes to school there want to be there every single day. Um, the best, the the greatest thing that I've ever had a kid say to me is, uh, Mr. Breyer, it's Friday. I don't want to go home because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like three days till I get to come back here. And that just stinks. And they love being on my campus. And I think that's the most important thing. So it's up to school leaders. We got to set the tone. We got to, we got to be excited every single day. And our passion for what we do has to shine through. People have to see that excitement on our face when we walk onto that campus, whether you're out there, car riders giving high fives and celebrating everybody and saying, Hey, good morning. How are you figuring out how every kid's doing before they get out of that car? And as they're walking into school or, you know, taking that moment to like you know you hear the kids talking about something on the walkway and you know like oh it's so-and-so's birthday and stuff and then you get all the announcements in the morning and you shout them out and you say hey i heard so-and-so talking about this 
it's really kind of building up the, the culture and the morale of your school and getting the kids excited. Um, some of the things that I like to do is, and I didn't know, like it caught me off guard the other day. So my guidance counselor was working with our student council, who's all fifth grade this year because of COVID and we had to change some things around. And so we modified that, but she comes to my office and she goes, I need a favor. I'm like, sure. What's up? And she's like, I need you to dress like a leprechaun. I'm like, okay, I can do that. And she's and it's like, it's funny that she asked you because you knew you would. Well, and she does because I do it all the time. Like yeah. I, I, you know, and that, that was part of where I was going to go with this is that like, I dress up in silly outfits constantly. I, I have so many costumes and you and I have talked about this before. Like we need to go and yes. get some type of program. Like I wear it and I ship it to you and yes. then you get to wear it. And, yes. But you know, she comes in and she's like, it caught me off guard, but she's like, our fifth graders love when you dress up and you come into the classroom and you're handing out candy and doing these silly little things. And you, you know, I had this huge polar bear inflatable costume and I get in there and it shakes all over the place. And like, they'll make me dance and do all this <laughs> stuff. And she's and like, those are fifth graders. These are, it, that was the whole point. Like they love what I was doing. And so they, per, they specifically asked if I could dress up as like a leprechaun and, and go around the school that day <laughs> just come out and visit all the classrooms so it they've come back they 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 love seeing me in outfits like i don't even throw them off anymore they see somebody walking around and out in some crazy costume like oh there's mr Breyer. yep he's right there so yeah, yeah, yeah um what's even funnier is my daughter's second grade at my school and i'm walking around this polar bear outfit and she's like she's asking all these people like have you guys seen my dad where's my dad <laughs> like i haven't seen him all day yeah and then finally she comes up to my office and i'm sitting at my desk in this big polar bear outfit and she's like daddy and i'm like oh yeah yeah i got it. and so i deflated the outfit and everything but even my kids just kind of come to expect it like if you want to see something goofy yeah, they come to me like i just do goofy stuff that's who i am when i got to my school my district likes to measure how many words a kid reads and we use different programs and we measure every time they read a book, they take a test and it counts how many words are in that book and they get credit for it. And so all the schools across my County, they, they like to go and really have that competition. Like who's reading how many words. And when I got to my school, like, you know, we're close to 300 kids and we were only reading about a million, 2 million words a year. And so I was just like, huh, that doesn't seem right. And so we set a goal um, for 20 million words. Yeah. We said, we're going to meet this goal. And every month they got to pick something that they could do to me. So it started off, you know, like the first one was they made, they turned me into a human Sunday. The next one was I got pied in the face. Then I had to sit in a dunk tank. Um, I had to stay, spend the whole day up on top of the school out in the hot sun. Um, what was it? They Saran wrapped me to a light pole and I had to stay there throughout car riders as all the parents came by, you know, <laughs> if you, if you could think of it, it, it was some way torturous to me. Like that's what they did. They slimed me one day, you know, we were going somewhere. Oh, teacher of the year banquet. And they, they did this green slime all over me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, my skin's <laughs> I turned green <laughs> and I had to go to the teacher of the year banquet, but it, but it's worth needless it to say it, it is. And so the goal was they got to see whatever that silly activity was if they go and met their goal for reading each month. Lo and behold, to come to the end of the year, we hit over 20 million words. We're That's closer so cool. to 25. Next goal was 30. And what happened was, is that it became part of our culture. So reading became part of the culture and our enthusiasm, teachers enthusiasm and the different things that we were doing without the school, we started dwindling down. So 
that first year it was every month. The next year it was every quarter. The next year it was every semester. Now it's just an end of the year activity. If we meet our goal, Mr. you know, Mr. Breyer is going to do something crazy. It has my excitement for it and my enthusiasm and my passion for what we do. It has rubbed out. It, it's just throughout the whole school. It's just, it's there. Yeah. And it starts with me showing teachers. It's okay to do the silly stuff. It's okay to be crazy at times. Get your kids excited about what we're doing. When I walk into classrooms and I see them, it's always fist bumps. Hey, what do you, what do you learn about? Tell me about it. What'd you, what'd you learn so far? And teachers allow me to ask these questions and, and to disrupt their class because I'm trying to make sure these kids are on track. Sure. And it's so amazing when I walk in these classrooms and see these activities, these teachers are doing, I tell people all the time, like if I could have spent my first couple of years walking around and watching some of these teachers and the things that they do with children today, I would have been a heck of a lot better of a teacher back then. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. These people are amazing. I have like an incredible staff who just does amazing things with kids every day. And I love to watch them teach. I love them watching them work their magic. And I love to see how excited our kids get. And the best thing that can happen to you at the end of the day is when you're out there at buses greeting those kids and they're telling you, oh, Mr. Barr, you should have saw this thing that my teacher did today. It was so amazing. I can't wait to come back tomorrow and find out how we're going to do this. That is something every school, if you have that type of passion in your school, you're going to do amazing things. Oh man, I, a couple of takeaways from that. I mean, that's so stinking true. Um, I remember within my own classroom, I taught um, at the elementary level for 10 years, um, kindergarten first. Um, my favorite was kindergarten. But, well, I would always tell my kids, and it became like a mantra you're not, we would say, you're not learning unless you're having fun. And that was a pivotal pivotal like theme of my room and all of my classrooms was that kind of like you're saying we are going to make it fun because guess what they are kids and when kids are having fun regardless of what they are doing they are learning um and if you can make it play they will learn even more um and and i remember this epiphany for me um at the time i was going through a pretty um, I was getting full custody of my old, my wife and I were getting full custody of my oldest daughter. So, you know, um, the court system is not the most fun thing to go through. So there would no be, yeah, there would be some mornings where I would bring that stress into work. And I started to realize that the Ryan that came in the door was the set the tone for that classroom. And there was no, it was, you know, it was no wonder my kids showed out on the days where I was not that ray of sunshine so i mm-hmm. i quickly learned that when i came in bebopping and being almost annoyingly positive it just you know like you said it changed um the complete culture of that and so when i became a principal i i made it a goal of being that annoyingly positive person as much as i could um not to be annoying but you spoke to something and I don't know if you intended to do that, but you know, there's intrinsic motivation, there's extrinsic motivation. And what I, what I feel like you did with that costume thing is you at the beginning built it as an extrinsic motivator for those kids. That's why you did it every single month. But what we know about extrinsic 
there becomes a time, there comes a time where it's got to be intrinsic, but what you were doing at your elementary level, in essence, was laying the foundations for their own intrinsic motivation. Um, one of the things I'm very passionate about is, is, uh, learned helplessness. And, um, it sounds like to me, you are building a culture at that school where it's okay to have fun. When you have fun, you become engaged when you become engaged, you learn. When you learn, you show yourself that you are capable of doing this, and then it repeats on its own without you, Absolutely. without you even have to be involved. So um, I got to know, what is the craziest thing that you have done as principal? Oh, the craziest thing. Let's see here. Probably. So. We have an auditorium. Uh-oh. This <laughs> is a good story. Oh, yeah. This one hurt. So we have an auditorium. And, of course, there's a slant. So, like, you know, the aisles run downhill. Like, yeah, as yeah. you go up, it goes uphill. So they, our theme for the year was bad to the bone. Our readers are bad to the bone. And so we had bad to the bone playing and all this. And I had a tricycle. <laughs> and I had to come in on this tricycle. Well, needless to say, I couldn't ride the tricycle because I'm way too big <laughs> for that. <laughs> so I stood in the back not thinking about it going downhill well man i am flying down this <laughs> and needless to say you know as i'm coming down i decided to put my shoe down and i was like okay i'm just gonna drag my shoe and that'll slow me down well that didn't really slow me down end up burning a hole through the top of my shoe <laughs> messed up the nail on my toe like i mean put a hole in my sock <laughs> and still ended up running into the stage as I got to the bottom. So kids still talk about that. And they think it's hysterical, but you know, it's, it's taking those chances. It's, it's willing to be vulnerable. It's willing to just throw that. <laughs> I want to say it's like throwing that self pride out the, out the door and just saying, hey, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And whatever yeah. happens, happens. It's for kids, it, man. It is. And you know, it's so funny. Like I didn't believe it. Like, so Ron Clark was huge when I was, starting my teaching career. And I remember my, I had tables and they were in a big horseshoe and Ron Clark walked on tables. Well, you know what? So did Rob Breyer. Yeah, sure. I walked on top of those tables. Sure. And it was so funny because my kids would always watch and they'd be watching me. Yeah. They're like, and Oh, again, you know, I'd walk around this room and I'd be on top of these tables. And one of my kids, like we're still very close to her family today. And she said, she's like, you know why we were all watching you. Right. I said, because I really kept you very entertained. Yeah, and sure. Just, you were so enthralled with my math lessons. And they said, she's like, no. She's like, we were all waiting for you to fall because that's that right. would have been hysterical. That's right. And it's like, really? That, that's what you took away from this? But she's like, but you know, it worked. She's like, because we all watched you. We were all like, you know, everybody hung on every word because yes, we were waiting for you to fall to see what happens. But honestly, she's like, it kept us engaged. And like, we never knew what was going to be coming up next. What kind of crazy thing were you going to be doing to keep our attention that day? Um, one day I brought a big spider in that I found out in my yard. I mean, this thing was huge and put them in a, in a glass container. And we looked at them underneath a microscope and the kids were like, you know, like at first they were afraid because it was a giant spider, but then they were like, this is really cool. And they're looking at him underneath the microscope and stuff. And then we released him outside and the kids are like, Whoa, why are you releasing him outside? Like Mr. Barry, you need to get rid of that thing. And I was like, he's okay. He's not going to hurt you. Yeah, right. Put him up and he climbed up the wall and stuff. It's those little lessons. But like, again, like that's a story that like, kids will see me out 
you know, like, oh, Mr. Breyer, remember when you did this? Oh, Mr. Breyer, remember when you did that? Like those little things that, you know, to us aren't that big of a deal. They stick with these kids and they remember those things. They remember those examples. And you have such an opportunity to impact children's lives. When you have this role, you're not strapped to one classroom. You are, you have the whole school at your disposal. Take advantage of it. Get out there and interact with kids. Get out there and interact with your teachers. Be out there supporting them. Make sure, you know, like one of the things that I'm passionate about is making sure your teachers feel supported and empowered. And they know it's okay to make mistakes and try new things. Because when your teachers feel like they have your support and your respect and that you trust them to do different things, it's amazing this, the different things that they're willing to try and do to engage your kids. It's like that trickle down effect. The more you more open and more excited about school and passionate you are about schooling, the more passionate that they are and the more excited they are. Sure. And it kind of trickles down to your kids. And so to me, I, I just think, you know, we had the greatest job ever being a school administrator. I would never, I, I don't want to do anything else. I love what I do. I love being in my schools. I love being around kids and teachers and their energy feeds me every day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I can attest, I can absolutely attest to everything you are saying. Um, you know, I'm just thinking that when you were rolling down that auditorium, um, now don't take this as an insult, but looking like Chris Farley on a tricycle, you know, going down, like. you know, yep. going down as fast as you can. Surely there was a student teacher in that audience looking at this crazy principal thinking if he can do this crazy shit, I can too. And it just gives your teachers license to try the crazy, silly things that, I mean, I, I mean, let's say it and let's be honest, our students and us spend the majority of our life in school. So if we Absolutely. aren't, in, you know, if we are enjoying it and we aren't, like you said, making the most of every moment we can, um, man, that's, that's a sad life. Um, Absolutely. But then I also want to say, um, I just want to say like your model is what we should all be striving um, to be like every day, come into that school, feed the positive dog, be the positive kid, be the positive person. And like you said, it becomes infectious and as a um, secondary product, without even trying, guess what? Your achievement improves. Absolutely. Just because you had fun. You, you know, just because you're having fun. Just because you're, you're making learning fun. You're getting kids outside and doing things. You're finding new ways to, find, to keep their attention and to get them engaged in what they're doing. I saw an amazing teacher. She, she's a brand new teacher, first year teaching. And I come walking in that class and these kids are all like standing up at their desk and they're like trying to see over each other. I'm like, what is happening in this classroom? Like the first thing going through my mind is like, oh my gosh, she lost control of her class. There's a problem. Get in there. This teacher took the microwave out of her cafeteria, brought it into her classroom, got a bowl, put some water in it, took a regular household light bulb, put it into the uh, water, put it in the microwave. Starts the microwave. In front of the room, this light bulb is lighting up in this microwave. Oh, wow. And the kids are all yelling at me, Mr. Breyer, that's radiant energy right there. You see how that's, it, it's radiant energy and it's coming through and it's causing the light to go. 
And I'm looking at these kids. I'm like, explain radiated energy to me. And this little boy up in front, he's like, oh, and he, and he goes into this whole detail and goes in and how it's happening, how the energy is transferring over to this light bulb. It's going through the water and it's transferring up to this light bulb, providing the energy. And I'm like, this is probably one of the most amazing classes I've ever seen. Yeah. Like I was just so excited at that moment. You know, I see stuff like that all the time. And like here, you know, going into third grade classroom and here's this teacher singing, row, row, row your boat. She, but she changed the lyrics to multiplication tables. And these kids are memorizing their multiplication tables to row, row, row your boat. And they're loving it. And these kids are singing it out in the playground. Like that's the infectious and just captivating lessons that kids need. They have to have fun. They have to be up. They have to be moving. I mean, I can't even sit sing at my seat for eight hours a day. Yeah. These kids don't want to do it. No. Get them excited. Get them up. Get them moving. Get them talking. You know, when you walk in, like, if you hear kids and it's loud, like, I, one of my teachers has a sign on the door, like, when you come into my classroom, it's going to be loud. There's going to be kids moving around. There's going to be things That's happening. That's a good thing. This is my classroom. Suck it up and deal with it. Like, yeah. And I love it. And you hear the conversations these kids are having, and you're like, and you have to stop and remember, like, this is kindergartens first graders second graders having these type of conversations that's exciting that's exactly right that is exactly right um so i'm gonna start to wind us down um i'll tell you this is one of those conversations rob like easily easily we could go um over the hour mark um talking about all this amazing stuff um just just the simple idea and and it's not a groundbreaking idea you know this isn't like mm-hmm. a an idea that you need to put a patent on and no it's just a simple idea that bring a little fun into your classroom um, if you are the leader of the building bring a little fun into the building maybe loosen your tie a little bit maybe get down on the ground with the kindergartners um, maybe um, go outside and shoot some hoops with your fifth graders um, but do whatever it takes to make sure that those kids um, and I might say your staff are enjoying their education. Absolutely. I love it. Wonderful. Nice summary. Well, you know, so uh, Rob, my man, if anybody out there in uh, internet land uh, wants to get a hold of you, maybe to book you um, for parties, birthday parties, um you know maybe you have a barney costume um or Actually, i think i do oh lord um so if anybody wants to book you for a birthday party or just wants to pick your brain um about some crazy things that they could try um or maybe wants to get an advanced copy of this book of yours um how can they get a hold of you so the easiest way to get a hold of me is on twitter um it's at rb leads um and you can get me at the same thing on instagram uh, go to my website, rbleads.net, and find me there. Um, there's a contact page there. You can also, on uh, Facebook, you can go and check it out. I have a Facebook page and it, the Guiding Principles, and you can check that out, like that page, and you kind of keep up with what's going on and connect with me in any way. Um, it'll also lead all those different pages i was just telling you about a hold of me um i'm out there you can also email sounds great man i appreciate you hey i appreciate you having me on this was a really cool experience i'm happy i got to be on your show man when all this COVID is over uh we are going to have to meet in 
I think Asheville, Asheville might be, it might be a good place to meet and we can meet in Asheville, maybe go to, to me. Yeah. Maybe and go to a concert. Absolutely. Okay. As long as I don't Hopefully have to that we can make that happen this summer. Yes, that would be great. Um, you know, you know, um, there's a wonderful concert pretty much right in the middle of, of us and that's Bonnaroo. Oh, really? Yeah. Bonnaroo is outside of Nashville on yeah, the way I know to, where you're about. on the way to Na- uh, Knoxville. I actually went to the very first Bonnaroo. Really? Yeah. So, um, let's see who was there. Widespread panic. Uh, Keller Williams. Um, Les Claypool was there with, the oh, yeah. yeah, it was a really good concert. Really. I mean, there were a bunch of really good, I think Sounds Black, like a really good concert. Black Alicious or black eyed peas or somebody at that time. Cause it was like 2002 way back in okay. the day, but, uh, man, I yep, appreciate you. Probably. Um, I appreciate your friendship. I, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you. Just thank you very much. Hey, Ryan, it's always, it was fantastic catching up with you. Um, every time I, I talk to you now, I'm going to think about Ewoks. That, that makes me really happy because you know, I'm a huge star. <laughs> well, so. All right. So I have started doing something <laughs> um, a little bit different at the end of my podcasts um i like to to read a dream quote um because all of this really my, my my podcast is about dreaming big um the real the world really doesn't change unless we dream um and we dream big so i'm going to read a quote about dreaming a heart without dreams is like a bird without feathers and so in that I want to thank my listeners that are out there today or tonight or this evening or whenever you are. I just want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart. This is so much fun to do. I hope you enjoy it as well. Um, Until next time, I'll see you on the Big Ed Idea podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion, and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.